back at it again with another episode of Live at the Family Barbecue. Your boy A Wizzle, A Weezy, A Wall, with Imani Shani. I only got to say it once, and they feel me. Yeah, that's what it's like when you got several aliases. I'm like, you know, Raekwon and Wu-Tang. Everybody ain't able, you heard me. Be yourself. Everybody ain't able. Be yourself. Anyway. Anyway. Back here with another episode. Got a couple things to talk about before uh, we give you guys this interview I have with my guy Maurice Robinson. So that'll go at the end of this. But we wanted to do a couple of little updates talk about some things that happened this week in pop culture and whatnot so you know nikki responded what you think man she did good for nikki and that's that you know i'm gonna keep it solid i didn't i didn't think it was great i listened to the other two songs too it was no frauds changed it and uh your tear the tears you cry or something some song about me so uh i listen to a lot of them ain't had that much replay value man i'm gonna keep it all the way honest but i did uh i think the one actually uh the one she did about me was probably the best one the tears he cried or something like that but i think he posted about that last night i don't think he was feeling it but um as far as the diss to rim eh I mean, like, at the end of the day, it, it, she she would have had to come a lot harder, man. She would have had to come a lot harder. I mean, Remy gave her seven minutes of straight bars, straight flames, and Nikki. She's an entertainer, though. She's not a rapper. Nikki gave us a 16, bro. It just wasn't. It wasn't enough, man. So I wasn't expecting nothing. I wasn't expecting it to be on Remy's level. It's short. It's catchy and it's Nicki Minaj, so I think she did what most people expected. What I expected. Yeah, I mean it was expected. We wasn't thinking it was gonna go too hard anyway. We all said that. We said honestly, most of us said she probably shouldn't even respond. So I mean, you know, it was good for Nicki. I'm glad she got some new music out, but yeah, she lost that. It was pretty much that's that's over with. So, but hey, you know, I'm glad her and uh, Drizzy and Wheezy, they back together. So hopefully they make some good music. I ain't like that song too much, but hopefully they come with some stuff. But, you know, I'm holding everything to like that truffle butter status. So that was like my song in like 2014, I think. 2014, 2015, something like that. So come on, Nick. We're ready for some new music, man. Since she ain't going to give us the diss, we need that. uh, She at least got to give us a fire album. Real quick, too. I listened to Jadena album. A lot of people ain't been talking about that, man. I thought it was extremely dope. Jadena's album was hard, man. It wasn't a perfect, like, masterpiece, but he blended a lot of good things together. A lot of uh, different genres, hip-hop, singing. Had, like, some African fusion in there. And uh, it's the... Have you heard it yet? Mm-mm. Yeah, you got it. It's a song called uh, The Let Out. It's going to be the summer anthem, I promise you. Listen to that joint. It ain't classic, man. It ain't that. But it's pretty dope. Pretty dope. So it's called The Let Out. So y'all definitely make sure you check that out. Future's albums, of course. I like, you know, most of those. Nah. All of those, actually. Mm-hmm. Nah. Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so shout, with that. shout out. 
Shout out to Future, man. Shout out to uh, Sierra, too, man. She's doing all right. I heard she had an accident or something today. She had an accident in uh, L.A., but they said she came out cool. Got to be careful out there. CC, be careful out there. You seen the pictures with her and Russell Wilson? I did. I like them a lot, actually. Uh, <laughs> Do you have something to say? I don't know. I ain't married, so I don't know. I mean, it, was, it was nice pictures. It was nice pictures. It definitely was nice pictures. Did you see the one I was talking about last week, though, with the other girl? I don't know who it was. Like, she was oh, naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is that? I didn't even know who she is. I think she's like an Instagram like comedian. Like, uh, she does little videos. But yeah, I saw that. People was clowning her. Like, they was clowning her crazy. I mean... Did you see a difference between the two pictures? A difference between the two pictures? Yeah. Quite honestly, no. I just like how... Um, I liked Sierra's setup better. I like liked that picture more. Mm. And how her and her son and how her husband was set up in the picture. Um, more than I liked that other girl's. But a difference to where she should get shade and Sierra shouldn't? No, I think it was the same concept. I just liked one over the other just because how they were placed. Not because one was any less. Not because one was, people were saying it was nasty and disgusting and blah, blah, blah. I didn't feel that way about either. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I probably got to bring on a couple, uh, you know, kids, people that didn't have kids and ask them about it and see what they think. Uh, only thing I did difference I seen only reason I like what's her name's better uh, Sierra's was it was honestly just because it was like the whole trinity of the family like it was the mother uh, the father and the child I thought that was uh, dope you know I don't know the other girl's situation so I'm not knocking her for that but uh, that was like the only real difference I seen I didn't really read any comments so I don't know but I think it's it's just it's always refreshing to see like like I said, like, you know, some folks that didn't, uh, you know, they done it right or whatever. But like I said, I don't know her situation, but I definitely always like when I can see like a mother and a father and the children in there, like just having that unity amongst each other. So I thought that was dope, uh, regardless of what everybody thought about the pictures. Folks was clowning Russ. Russ can't catch a break, low key. They say Sierra be dressing them. They say he look like a sucker in the pictures. So That's like, you know, let my man win, bro. She happy. He happy. Like, let them do their thing. Russ is one of the most unbothered individuals I have seen in this era of social media and clapbacks and all that. He's so unbothered. His wife is beautiful. His stepson love him more than he loves his own daddy. Like, I just think Russ is winning. Like, He just ain't caught up in y'all niggotry, bro. Like, we just gonna keep it real. He winning. <laughs> he's <laughs> no, winning. He's literally not caught up in nobody else's niggotry, bro. Because he, he just because he's so far removed from it. Like, you feel me? Like, he's he's. I think that's why he's unbothered because I don't think he's into the social media thing like that. I don't think he's worried about the same stuff we worried about. Like, he's just such a chill, relaxed, like individual. Um, you know, I just think it's not in his character, not in his character, but it's just not in his personality. So. Sierra said, won. He won. Yeah, I, I, I heard. So I got to double check it. I hope it ain't true. But they have said Future had... Uh, someone had asked Future about, like, uh, Russ and the like baby Future, like, recently. And he had said something, like, about all his kids. Well, like, oh, my kids got to understand they got a superstar for a daddy. So, like, they can't see me all the time. Let's pray to God that ain't true. I really hope that ain't true. Honestly. Like, honestly. Future 
Yeah. yeah, that was I was like, come on, dog. Like, but I gotta double check it, make sure it's true. I'm not gonna put that on him yet, but hopefully that's that's really out the question. Did you hear about what Ben Carson said? Um, I heard about it, but I didn't hear I I don't know exactly what he said. <sighs> we don't even gotta get this man that much time. I but, heard the fury yeah, from I don't, the people. I really don't wanna give him that much time, but he basically said that uh Black people who came over in slave ships were immigrants that worked for less, but they came over with dreams and aspirations of greater things like in America. I'm paraphrasing. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's everybody with a brain's re- reaction, like literally everybody with a brain's reaction. It's like, I was like, homie, what? What you say? That makes no sense. I'm going to give you my, my honest initial reaction. Like, when I heard it, and it was just me being honest. I was like, what this bitch-ass nigga just say, bro? I was like, I was like, hold up, bro. Like, what? <laughs> I real talk, I was upset. Like, I was upset. One, like I said, we're not going to spend too much time on it because Ben Carson is, you could tell he's detached makes no from sense everything that's going on. Black I mean, what? Yeah, when I heard that uh, after uh, Trump called him a pedophile and uh, he said he reminds him of like a child molester or something crazy like that, he said that's what Ben Carson reminds him of. And then Ben Carson still gave him his endorsement. I was like, oh, yeah, homie, you ain't built for this. Like, you ain't. (laughs) You in this for other reasons. But real quick, immigrants, immigrants, one, they come, they go to a place with their own intent, you know what I'm saying, with a purpose. Mm -hmm. So whether you're from Mexico or you're from Ireland and you come to the U.S. because you want to start a better life for your family, they choose to make. Uh, you know, that travel or that trip or decide they want to go to a different country. That's Mm -hmm. completely different from being captured, put on the bottom of a slave ship, raped, pillaged, beaten, killed Mm -hmm. for 400 plus years trying to get back home. Uh, Talking about they came over here looking for a better day. No, you were kidnapped. Nobody who's kidnapped is looking for a a better dream with whoever they was going with. Like, no. That's not going to happen. And the other thing was they worked for less. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you've worked, like legit work, not talking about an internship, but we worked. You got paid, right? Mm-hmm. Niggas didn't get paid. So, uh, Ben Carson, you got to stop speaking on us, man. Real talk. I'm going to listen to the rest of the speech. I heard he said some good things about everything else he was talking about. But that just, it was like, come on, bro. Come on. Stupid. Pretty much, pretty much. A couple little things, because we want to give you guys, I always say the Kool-Aid with the kale salad. You know what I'm saying? And I say that because we want to give you some fun stuff, but we want to keep you informed on things, too. So I have read a, uh, or listened to a podcast on, what's it called? Things You Should Know. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about droughts and uh, famines. And uh, it was real interesting, man. You should check it out. They got a lot of good stuff on there. But they was, uh, like I said, they was talking about droughts and famines. And um, they said like 21,000 people die yearly or annually from starvation or lack of food. Something that we have access to all the time. But that was something they told us about. And it was weird. I had listened to that earlier in the week. And then a couple of days after that, uh, they said, I think it was like between Wednesday and Thursday, they said 110 people died in Somalia 
because um, of a drought, because of lack of food. Mm. And that was just in two days, two days. And they said there's hundreds of thousands of other people uh, directly that's going to be affected and uh, probably get up to the millions. So just keeping you guys informed about some of the things that's happening on our continent. You know, we uh, complain about a lot of things that's going on. And uh, sometimes we don't uh, really do our research on how some of our brothers and sisters on the continent are living, you know, unfortunately. So I thought that was interesting, especially when we are spending all this money on wars and trying to build walls to keep, uh, you know, our brown brothers and sisters out. And uh, unfortunately, there's people uh, dying because of a lack of food and resources. So just something to keep in mind. And um, hopefully uh, they'll have some things posted on how we can maybe help out. And even if it's not Somalia, it's, like I said, it's 21,000 people dying yearly from lack of food and resources. So, you know, help out. Extend the helping hand, man, wherever it may be. It could be in your community centers, people in our own cities that ain't eating, you know. So, speaking of which, shout out to Chance, the rapper, mm. for donating. That just reminded me that he donated um, a million dollars, right? A million dollars to public schools in Chi Town. Mm. I just love, I just love watching him come up because I feel like he's so young and he's like doing a lot more than other people from. Uh, that aren't in their hometowns anymore, but, you know, have hometowns who are going through it and have done nothing to give back. And so, the shout out to Chance. Yeah, you know, the crazy thing about that, too, he met with, I think, I don't know if it was the mayor or the, it might have been the mayor of Chicago or either the governor, one of them, and he was talking about the uh, lack of resources in the schools and things like that and how he wanted to help out. And, uh, Basically, he came out the meeting like upset because he felt like the uh, governor or the mayor, whichever one it was, didn't care and like wasn't really trying to hear nothing he had to say. So he really put him on blast. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or on Instagram, but Chance put him on blast talking about he don't care about the people, yada, yada, yada. And then um, as a response after the thing you was just talking about that he donated a million dollars. Um, the Times Magazine puts up something, not Times Magazine, but the Chicago Sun or the Chicago Times, whatever their magazine is, put up, oh, um, rapper with child support battle uh, is trying to help out the community but can't take care of his own kids or something crazy, like something wild that was just like all the way false talking about why he wasn't taking care of his kids and anybody who knows things about child support battles man that's just it's battling over the money and things like that but Mm -hmm. everybody knows chance has a great relationship with his child and things like that so it was a lot of people who came to his defense but it's crazy man how you could be trying to do something good and people just try and tear you down you know what that reminds me of what that popular post that uh (laughs) our cousin (laughs) Big Nye actually said something about too. Which post? The one with the food when. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to talk about that too. So go on ahead. You can get in the breakdown of that. That was literally like how you just described that situation with Chance. That was literally what a bunch of women decided to do to this man who, his girlfriend, basically his girlfriend is in college and 
she's a, a broke student, basically, talking about she's hungry. So her man decides to go out and get her a bunch of things uh, from the grocery store. Right. So a bunch of things, including like frozen dinners, snacks, beverages, water, blah, blah, blah. All right. But the the clap back this man is getting for something that he possibly tried to do for somebody is just crazy to me. And it's like, it's pretty irritating just like <laughs> seeing all of the like posts, the negatives. It's irritating seeing all the negative posts about it. Anybody who has ever eaten a day in their life can see that it wasn't the most healthiest of things to get somebody. Right. But at the end of the day, his girl was hungry. And mm. plot twist, maybe she wanted that shit. Like, maybe those were the set snacks and food items that he sees her eat all, all the, time. the time. Right. Maybe it was that. So there was just like a gang of women that I follow on social media who had just gone in, like, literally went in. And I had to repost it, like, y'all are some ungrateful beezies. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it just bothered me. And nothing really, like, it kind of takes a lot for, I can get really irritated about something, but it takes a lot for me to repost something that I'm irritated about. Mm -hmm. So me reposting that on my social media, like, that bothered me. I feel like, I don't know. If... it goes along too with them saying black women don't appreciate. I mean, black men don't ap- appreciate their black women. Like, be grateful for the ones who do. Like, why is so much light shed on the few who don't? Mm-hmm. Like, there's people like that. I feel like everywhere there's Mexican people, there's white people, there's all types of people who don't bang with their race and who don't like the race. But then there's also a gang of people who do and who do fight for black women and black women who fight for black men. So it's just, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much light shed on the negatives Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. People try to find the negatives and you can have a completely positive situation. There's always going to be that one who is unsatisfied with something and will find a negative. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. I talked to dad about that last night, too. And I was just like, I got I got more disturbed, like, as I thought about it, because I'm sitting here like anybody who's been in any form of uh, economic uh, poverty or you just haven't had the money to buy for food. Like, you know, what I'm saying things like that. Like, bro, you is grateful for a cracker. Like, you know, what I'm Literally. saying some Ritz. So if Tuna. you know whoever I remember me being in college, bro, and it was nice where like mom, like mom just sent me like you know a care package, uh, like stuff, and I was like I didn't care what it was. It was just food for me to eat that I didn't have to pay for. Like yep. you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like you know we all know like even when you're in college or whatever, like people in general like don't have the best eating habits. But the first thing you got to be able to take care of is all right. Someone needs to eat. Let me get them some food. Period. And then we can talk about everything else later. But to shed light on like, yeah, like, oh, he don't care about you. He feeding you this. I was like, oh, that's definitely somebody with no man like that. That's, that's definitely that's, somebody with no man. No, that's, that's an individual with no man right there. If you really knocking this girl, bro, because her man sent her a care package with Gatorades and Cheetos and stuff like that. So it was just, it was, it was a little disturbing, like, because I agree with you. We shed so much light on the bad things. That, um, you know, you can start to psych yourself out and think like it's no good people out here. I was talking to pops and I was like, you know, if I 
if I dictated, uh, you know, my thoughts on women off of all the bad experiences I've had with women, which hasn't been much, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, or through my homeboys and experiences they had, and I've let that be like the representation of black women. Like, you would look at me crazy. Like, bro, like, you got all these great examples, your mama, your sister, your aunties, you know, your homegirls. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. What you think you're doing talking about this one situation or these couple situations as a representation for all of us? That's crazy. It's the same thing with black men. We know it's people out here that disrespect women and do all of that. But is that the majority? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So it's like start giving like the ones who's doing good stuff. They praise. It's like Jay-Z said. Like with me, I always use this lyrics. Like if it's negative stuff, uh, they not real to me. Therefore, they don't exist. So poof, vamoose, son of a bitch. Like that's the Jay Z lyric. Like because that's just how I feel about it, man. Like I'm not giving no attention and energy to that to people talking crazy about black women or people talking crazy about black men. Like because it's like that's a small group of people. You know what I'm saying? Media, social media, radio, television. Those are the people that blow it up and make it seem like it's way worse than what it is. Like, so it's like I don't get that. No, no, no. Never mind, man. It's so, so I definitely agree with you. Definitely agree with you. So since we can uh, finally talk about it, bro, get out. Get out. Off. Get out. <laughs> get, get, get the fuck out. Get, get out of here, man. <laughs> Great movie, man. Great movie. Real quick, yo, they spent four point five million to make that movie in two weeks. I think it's been out two weeks, two and a half weeks. It's made over eighty million. I think it's at ninety. Like it was at ninety. Like oh yeah, no, you might be right then. So yeah, so ninety million. So four million, a four million dollar investment turned into ninety million, bro. Genius. That's just saying, bro. If you got a good product, good content, just put it out. Yep. I like just put it out and it'll find like if it's dope, people will find it. It's like I'm just so happy, man, that he did that and uh it was a great movie. What was uh, what did you take from it? Mm, I took from it I don't know, there was like so much. It was very interesting. It's just interesting to me how he How he, like, basically said a lot of things without, like, he said a lot of things that are going on now, but he did it so creatively. Like, Mm. just, like, with the hypnotizing that the woman was doing and then how the the guy fell into a sunken place. And um, even the whole point at the end, hopefully you've seen the movie because we're talking about it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But um, even at the end where in order for him to not be hypnotized, he had to stop listening. Mm. The his um, the cotton balls in his ears was how he basically like saved his own life. And I just Mm. feel like that's says a lot about what we're going through now and like how and the racism we go through now. Like you like if we let every single thing get to us, we would be demolished like mm. i feel like at some point you just gotta tune that shit out block out the bullshit block it out block it out but it, it was just a great movie there was so many things i honestly want to go see it again because i feel like i don't know especially with good movies i see it once and then i see it twice and i catch a whole bunch of things that i missed the first time All Right. but 
it was great. What'd you get from it? Nah, I'm saying, yeah, we definitely need Yeah, let's go definitely check that out again. But it was just, it was dope. It was so many deep messages behind it. Like you said, all the stuff, you know, you just said, but even like them talking about uh, genetics and even if you look about it, it's, I forgot which hidden colors it is, if you ever get a chance to check it out, but they talk about like organ harvesting and how people are, um, you know, people kidnap people and kill people and take their organs, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To use their bodily functions. I seen an article last night, it's like, it said it's like 26,000, like, fact check me, uh, I'm, I might be wrong about this. It's like, it was 26,000 or 46,000, I'm going to say 26,000, uh, like, missing black women in the U.S., like, Man, missing. 64,000 black women. Oh, it was 64? Yes. Yeah, 64,000. Shoot, I was, I was all the way off, so... I mean, like this, you know, this stuff ain't by accident, man. So I think he touched on some great stuff. I hope he uh, he keeps uh, coming out. I heard he has a lot more to give, but it was something we needed to see even from the, uh, you know, I feel like he opened up a can of, not, not necessarily a can of once, but he opened up dialogue because something like people are real uncomfortable even talking about uh, relationships between black and white people, not even just like romantic relationships, but just like our interactions I feel like he did a great job touching on that, touching on interracial relationships um, and um, some of the stigmas that come with that. So it was just it was just dope, man. Like, I, I really, really, really enjoyed that movie. And I actually found out he was inspired by it from uh, Eddie Murphy's stand up. I think it was uh, Delirious because hmm. he had a joke on there called uh, where he basically was talking about how white people handle scary movies and black people handle scary movies. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, black folks would just get out. You know what I'm saying? So here, Jordan Peele had said that was kind of like the inspiration <laughs> for the movie. So I got to go back and watch that. So I definitely uh, think you should go see that too. Did you see Logan? Mm-mm, not yet. Bro, that shit was hard as fuck. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> it was. You see but, all the movies. Don't tell me about it. No, no, no. I'm not. But it was hard. Like, it definitely, they said this would probably be his last one oh. unless he does the Avengers. But if you guys haven't seen that, definitely go check that out. That was probably my favorite X-Men movie. Like, it was it was hard. Like, it was super hard. Super hard. Um, something real disturbing I saw today on TV. I think you was up there when I saw it, too. Gay conversion therapy? Like, it's really like this this is folks again taking um religion and stuff out of context man but they had basically these schools designed to convert um like gay boys and gay girls uh and try and turn them straight and their whole thing for doing it was the bible and whipping people and then as i'm looking at you guys got to look it up but it was called uh Gay conversion therapy and ABC did a little special on it, and it was like two so-called pastors, and uh, they 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 looked like prisons, like the campuses they were using, mm-hmm. like the grass wasn't cut, they had barbed wire around them. The kids were complaining about abuse and not complaining, but um, bringing abuse to the light, and it really looked like like it looked depressing. So one of the uh, pastors ended up getting sentenced to twenty years in prison for abuse. Uh, uh, children. I hope the other ones get it too, because they said the only thing they use is the Bible and a belt, and they try and beat it out of you. It's like, come on, y'all. At the end of the day, too, what what mom said earlier too is that's they can't put that on Jesus because the way Jesus brought the light to people was basically all he did was tell people 
what it was and basically what's in the Bible, and mm-hmm. you choose from there. Right. And that's how it's supposed to be done. So anything outside of just telling people what the Bible says, anything outside of that, you're wrong. You're twisted, and it's not Christianity. And it's sick. Like, it's really sick because you you making everybody look bad with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because people don't think like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's not the overall grasp of what it is like people not trying to beat that out of folks like you know what i'm saying and it's good christian people that are gay and you know people live their life and you're not beating nobody else's sins out of them like how many other people do we know that's doing crazy stuff mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and we're not trying to beat it out of them you know what i'm saying whether it be stealing or anything like all sorts of other stuff you sit down trying to talk to those kids and then you're trying to beat these so it's definitely was something I, I suggest everybody look up because you never know what's going on around you, man. That was crazy. That's the first I had ever heard of that. But apparently it's been going on for a while. So definitely uh, check that out. You got to know what's going on around you. Um, bruh. It was one of my favorite rappers days yesterday. I believe yesterday was the day. It was the anniversary of the day he was killed. Biggie? Biggie, I believe so. Yeah, it wasn't his birthday, I don't think. It was definitely it was the anniversary of the day he was killed. Um, legend, man. Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. Can't you see, like Biggie, man? Like he, like the thing is with us, like uh, our dad is from uh, New Jersey. You know, grew up around New York hip hop and all of that kind of stuff. So that was kind of like what we grew up listening to. Like, you know, whether it be the Fugees or Biggie or Wu Tang, Nas. Um, Jay-Z and all these other type of people and um, I was listening to a lot of Big yesterday Um, so I was glad there was a lot of people shouting him out that dude was supremely talented man like he was he was a G and uh, it was it's real sad like him and a lot of the other ones just seeing that their life got cut down so short I think Biggie was only like 25 when he passed Dang. Yeah, so you talking about that type of lyrical talent and ability at in your early twenties like that, man? It's depressing that we didn't get to see what else could have became of him, man. But um, unbelievable, sky's the limit. Hypnotized, classic Biggie records, man. So I, I mean, I challenge anybody, man, to just go back and listen to those first two albums when he was alive for. Uh, ready to die in life after death and um, you know even if you're a young boy man like just listen to those and see what the rap was like and the skill that was involved with it because that man was phenomenal like literally phenomenal and uh, um, you know it's crazy like I said that he got uh, cut down so young but uh, he definitely will live forever through his music so shout out uh, to Biggie to Brooklyn uh, to everybody that held big down yesterday, man. And um, hopefully, uh, if you're not familiar with Biggie, you get familiar with him um, because of us trying to keep his name alive, man. That's what we do in the culture, man. You got to keep the great ones alive. So, um, yeah, that's 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 all I had to say about that. What's your, what's your Biggie memory? How old was you when Biggie passed? I was like, what, 97? Wait, no, he passed in like 96. Really? Yeah. You was, was you was dummy young. I thought I was younger, but I was I was a four or five year old tenderoni. Yeah, because I think Hypnotizer came out right around that time. Cause I remember Latoya was staying at the house with us. She had turned it on one day. It was like Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. I was like, oh shit! I was like, who is this nigga? <laughs> when the la la hit you, I was like, oh man. 
I was like, this dude, yeah, he was a. He was phenomenal, bro. And I think just the pairing with him and Puff was just, like, so dope, man. Like, it was just so cool because you had to, to do it with the crazy flow. You had the dancing homeboy that was gassing you. You know what I'm saying? Even though he ain't need no gas. Like, <laughs> my father. he kept it on. Dang. Low-key. <laughs> Low-key. Low-key. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, it was just it was just so good, man. Shout out to Puff, man, for making that happen, but. Much love to Biggie, man. Please go listen to that. Please go listen to those albums. Um, I think um, we really, 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 really got to touch on my man who I got the interview with. We're gonna put it. We're gonna play it for you guys in a second. But my boy Maurice Robinson. I think you met Mo like a while back. Mm. But he started. Uh, we started BMA together. But uh, he's doing this thing, man. He's a teacher up at Bowie now. But he started. I tagged you in a picture too. His own grill company that's doing super good, like super good, man. He's an entrepreneur. Type of grills for your teeth, man. Hey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Mo is a. He's a beast, man. Real dope dude. We talked some hip hop. Talked about grills business. Uh, talked about the importance of having like uh, black male teachers in the room. Like, cause I was telling him, I think I only had like, I had like two black male teachers, like kindergarten all the way through high school. I think, yeah. I think it was two. Yeah, Mr. Monroe, and then I forgot the other two names. So yeah, it was definitely two, maybe three. But uh, just seeing brothers like him, man, going in there. He took his uh, class to the uh, Harvard uh, hip hop. Um, museum or something like that so uh we had talked about that last summer and he made it happen but hip-hop i mean hip-hop harvard opened up a basically like a hip-hop uh museum mm-hmm. like type thing at their campus that's supposed to be phenomenal so he took his class up there and uh, he's just a good dude man doing a lot of great stuff so i think you'll really enjoy that interview too and um yeah man that's 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 pretty much it we're gonna get uh i know you said we have a couple what two videos from you next week Mm-hmm. Two videos, man. We're going to get it popping. And actually, after this, we're going to start posting on Tuesdays. So we'll actually have another one for y'all coming on Tuesday. I actually interviewed Brian and Michelle, too. Aww. Yeah, on some black love. So maybe on... Um, My puddings. Yeah, maybe on uh, Sunday we could talk a little bit, you know, about some uh, black relationships and stuff real quick. Just to segue into their joint. Definitely. Um, so that'd be cool. Who else I interviewed? Interviewed uh, Dr. Shorter too, Brother Shorter, man. So we had a good one. So, but we'll definitely put Brian and Michelle's up on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that. Seeing what you guys think. Seeing what you guys think of this one. And uh, we're just gonna keep giving you guys that flame, man. That heat. Those heat rocks. So, um, anything else you want to say, man? Before we uh, put this interview on with Mo. Um. Thank you for tuning in. Like, comment, hit up my YouTube, hit up our socials, drop us some info. We like to hear from people. And yeah, appreciate it. Check it out, man. Go to getfarmagazine.com too. G-E-T-F-A-R magazine.com. Check us out. And uh, we're going to keep it lit for you guys, man. So thank you for tuning in. And I think starting next week, we got to get into it, bro. I had told you before. So we gotta, we probably gotta put it up on Twitter, Instagram today. We gotta have folks start emailing us and tweeting us about our fuck boy and fuck girl segment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
I'm giving it to Ben Carson. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, we want personal stories though. So like, you know, what I'm saying even like even if old girl would have hit us with one, like for instance, like yo, is you know my follower is she a fuck girl? Because you know I posted pictures of my snacks and she was like my man and shit. Like you know, you know, is she? And that's when we would read it to the audience and be like, yeah. Cool. Definitely a fucker. I so, like that. Yeah. So let's try and uh let's definitely try and get some of those for the uh for the next time we uh you know on here. So for Tuesday, be looking out for that. We'll have our own new little segment. So we're gonna keep adding some stuff and make sure you hit us up online, tell us some things you want us to incorporate. And uh we're just gonna keep doing. So keep growing with us, keep listening, and keep it positive out here, man. And as Imani would say, Hakuna Matata. Hey, Hakuna Matata, niggas. <laughs> Peace. Peace. So I'm in here with my brother from another. We go back 2008 and beyond. Feel like I've known him forever. My man, Maurice Robinson, entrepreneur, teacher, uh, philosopher. You know, master degree holder, <laughs> soon to be PhD. So what's up, bro? Ain't nothing, man. Nothing at all. You forgot, son. Yeah, son. Brother, brother. You know, Friend. all of that good stuff. <laughs> all of that good stuff. Profit. You know, <laughs> I try to be right. Right. So uh, yeah, but man, just a little rundown for the relationship. Me and Mo, we both went to Bowie State University, man, where we linked up. Did a lot of great things, man, from starting a group on campus called Black Male Agenda for the Young Males. Uh, shoot, different, all sorts of programs, man. Just It's just always been a brother I knew, man, that was about progression and not in a selfish way about himself. It's always been about others. So uh, this is, you know, it was a must I had to sit down with him. So first thing I want to talk to you about, bro. What's up? Uh, do I really want to start? Yeah, let me just start there right quick. Because it's, it's, it's a lot of layers to you. Because it's rare. Uh, that's what I love about you. That it's so many uh, levels to you. But tell me about what got you into becoming uh, a professor. Why you decided to do that? Well, um, you know, I'm a big believer that you can't really teach anybody anything about themselves. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think that the most successful people in the world become masters at um, sharing who they are with their world or discovering who they are in relation to others, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as education, that's how the torch is passed. You know, like I would remember you telling, talking to me, you know, us in, you know, back in our Haley Hall days, 2008, we would talk about how knowledge was passed back in ancient Kemet, mm-hmm. you know, and watching all of those different videos and the rites of passage and this idea that um, progress is always in the hands of the next generation. Right. Facts. So it's like I want to I want to be, you know, a vehicle towards uh, self-discovery for people who not only come from places like I came from, but people who come from other communities, you know, because it's not about whether you black, white, yellow, brown, blue, or if you're uh, from the hood, you're from the suburbs, you, you was raised in a mansion. Right. Like we, as humans, we're all born into the wilderness called the world, you know, mm-hmm. and we have to figure things out. Right. 
and as being someone who might have lived on this earth a little bit longer than my typical student, you know, it's only right that I tell them, you know, the, the things that the wisdom that I've picked up on the way as far as navigating through this wilderness. Right. Did you ever think you would be a professor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My whole goal was to retire at 40 mm-hmm. and just be a professor. Mm-hmm. But uh, God willing, I graduated from my... Uh, I graduated from Towson University in 2016, and within a month or so, I got a job offer with a scholar studio department at Bowie State University. That's so, Because I know with me, one thing I could probably count, I know I can, I can count on one hand how many black male teachers I had kindergarten, elementary, middle school, high school. It wasn't until college that I really got like black men as professors. So was it something was that something that you missed like coming up through middle school and elementary was it something like did what I want to say is did you want to be something that you didn't see in school You know school was never school was never the place for me mm-hmm. and maybe it was because um of the lack of you know, people who I can identify with mm-hmm. in the schools, you know, like, you know, the school's almost like a church organization as far as being ran by, you know, a majority women, you know. Right. But um, at the same time, like, I wasn't ever really in the school. I wanted to get money. Like, my whole, all my life, I wanted to get money. It was, I didn't even think about school until I graduated from the sixth grade and my teacher he gave me the historian of the year award mm. and I was like oh wow <laughs> oh, that's real I could what's I was what's a historian what do historians do you know like other right. than just talk about old stuff right you know just thinking about the importance of not necessarily education but the importance of furthering what we know about things. Right. That's where the passion comes from. And then coming to Bowie State University, historically black college and university, you know, strictly off of crazy circumstances going on, all of the right pieces falling in the right place, and God kind of uh, shadowing over me, mm-hmm. you know, allowed me the opportunity to get my first degree. And I saw the void, you know, I didn't really understand the difference. Mm-hmm. Like if you never had anything, you don't really know what it's like to be without it. Right. right. You know, like I never had a lot of male teachers just like you growing mm-hmm. up. It wasn't until I got to an HBCU and I met the Dr. Andres Woods, is the Dr. Raymond Shorters, the Professor Hokey Glovers, you right. know, the Brother Yow's. It wasn't until this Dr. Sammy Miller's. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got and seen the profound impact that one of those people could have on a person that I've realized that, you know, maybe this is a field that I could do some good in. Facts. So, the other thing I like, man, one one of the things that I always uh, admired about Mo was the the balance. And a part of balance, because it's essential to life, is knowing how to connect with all sorts of people. So when I seen Rich Grills, bro, I was it warmed my spirit because we got a big grill culture in the Bay. Like that's okay, it, that's okay. it. Like no, like outside of like probably down south. I ain't know that, the, man. I'm telling you, you might need to do a little show out there, low key. 
the bay. Like we love our grills. So when I seen that, that warmed my heart. So what what got you in there? Why grills? Because I know you you got your hands in a lot of stuff. I've seen it. Everything from the food trucks to you know everything. So what was it that attracted you to the grills? Well, you know I graduated from Bowie in 2012, 2012, 2011, one of the two, mm-hmm. and uh, I went into the pawn shop business. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, I opened up uh, like We Buy Gold stands I remember that. in Baltimore, so I was in uh, Mondawmin Mall, Lexington Market, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Security Mall, mm-hmm. you know, just hustling, grinding every day. Right. Um, consequently, I learned so much about gold mm-hmm. and precious metals, you know, everything from silver to gold, mm-hmm. uh, to platinum and everything else, diamonds and everything else. And then I started learning, like, the jewelry game, you mm-hmm. know. And I was always on the uh, supplier end, you know. I would mm-hmm. supply a lot of jewelry, jewelers with the gold they use for mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I got some good advice, you know, from one of the suppliers. And he said, man, you know, I know you like the side that you're on, but you need to try to come over to, you know, our side, mm-hmm. the retail side. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the real money at. All right. So, you know, I, I kind of, uh, you know, you know how sometimes what we do with good advice. Mm-hmm. We like, yeah, that's good advice, but um, right, know, like we just throw it in the back burner. Right. So, uh, ironically, uh, we were looking to expand, expand it to Atlanta, mm-hmm. we were looking to expand it to Georgia, you know, do like a little celebrity gold bias type of situation, mm-hmm. and um, it was looking real fruitful. But when I got down there, you know, you kind of go down there for one reason, and then you just stumble upon a whole another right. situation. You right. know, like some guys at the gas station was asking me, "Was I Muslim?" And because um, of the beard, yeah, because of my beard, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm like, um, I'm like, it was because of my beard, and then you know, you know, they greeted me, I greeted them back, right? Like, you know, I study religion, right. all of that type of stuff, so I kind of know a little bit right. about Islam, Judaism, you know, like, right. it's kind of like what you said. The we, co- we chameleons, we yeah, know how yeah, to <laughs> we adapt yeah. to our circumstances. Yeah, like you were saying, you right. know, just just. The ability to get to talk To be able to talk to everybody right. To communicate with everybody You know like Language is so transparent You right. feel me Once you break into You know uh, The firewall Of of uh, <clears throat> Familiarity with somebody mm-hmm. You know They're more They're more susceptible To opening up to you You know right. Or inviting you Into their world Right So they invited me Into their world And you know I took an apprenticeship mm-hmm. Studied under them Mm-hmm and when I came back to Baltimore, you know, I came back because I wanted to get my master's degree. All right. And um, I was starting up Towson. And <laughs> one thing about that community in particular, uh, you know, Muslims from that particular area, we won't get into all of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, they have a broad network, like, mm-hmm. all around the country. You right. Know? So I kind of took my apprenticeship from Atlanta and moved it north to Baltimore. Right. Just continued to learn. And at the same time, I was still running my different shops. Mm-hmm. And I did it as a thing on the side. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had my, you know, people bring go, but I also had like a little setup on the side. Like, right. you know, if you want grills, come get grills. Right. You know, Expanding. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, Expanding. You know, you got to do what you can when you can. Right. You know, every, every step. Even if it's a small one, is a, is is significant right. from where you were at, you Absolutely. know, before. So, uh, yeah, man, 
we got into it. Everything was going well, and uh, I broke my leg. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, I broke my foot. I couldn't walk for four or five months. You know? Ironically, though, right, I broke my leg. Well, I broke my foot, and um, while I was, I broke my foot. I just came back from studying abroad in Greece. Mm-hmm. Broke my foot, and I still had a semester left of my master's thesis left. Mm. Right? So, I'm writing my master's thesis, high off Oxycontin. Right? Like, <laughs> Molly Percocet. Yeah, you feel me? It was crazy. It was like really a, it was a test, you know? It was really right. a test because, you know, I remember uh, I had the procedure. I had a procedure last year, and um, <clears throat> after I had it, I had the soft cast. You know, mm-hmm. they put you in that soft cast for like uh, six weeks right. until you get on the hard cast. Right. But when they put me in the soft cast, I had like a very important meeting with the with all of my advisors about my paper. Oh, okay. Right. So um, they like, um, yeah, Maurice. You know, just call in. Right. You know, we could uh, we could Skype. Right. So I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Right. So on the day that it came time for the meeting, right, I pulled up. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Drove the Towson on my left foot. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and it was like an hour drive. Pulled up in there. You know, I had to. Uh, I had to. Like at that time, like even like walking on the crutches. Mm-hmm. Hurt because like your wounds is still right, like they right, haven't right, healed all right, the way. All right. So um, I don't even know if my master's thesis was good or not. Right. But I think they saw that. Like, right. And was like, you know, we not feeling this guy like right. by far. Right. Like ain't no student. You know, you got students who sneeze and call out. All right. But for me, you know, I was always blessed, and I think my parents instilled into me too that. You know, like if you don't get anything in this world that you felt was due to you, mm-hmm. you have nobody to blame but yourself. You know, everybody mm-hmm. else had a choice on rather, you know, uh, they would support you or rather they would stick by your side. But you don't have no choice. You always got to be there for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you always got to push yourself and you always got to motivate yourself to achieve. That's real. Were they, were the parents your biggest role models coming up? No, nah, not at all. <laughs> no who disrespect was? to them, but nah, who was? it was I didn't really have a lot, you know, like my role models, I really didn't I really didn't know my role models. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just see them. Mm-hmm. Like I would just see certain people moving differently than mm-hmm. everybody else. I think the world has a pace, I think the world has a rhythm. You right, know? right, right. And every day we wake up we have to make a decision on rather we're going to uh Wherever we're going to adjust to the rhythm of the world, mm-hmm. or are we going to impress our rhythm onto society, onto the world that mm-hmm. we live in, onto the environment that we're born into, you know? Right. So you could go outside, you could be from Southeast DC, you could go outside, you could see everything going on, you could be in DC during the crack epidemic, mm-hmm. and all of the world, all of the energy in that environment is mm-hmm. pushing you one different way, you know? Right. But like like Farrakhan would say, do you do you do you have the testicular fortitude to turn that tide another way? Right. To say that, nah, my community, yes, I am a product of my community, but at the same time, I'm the product that 
<laughs> that made my community boom. Right, know? right, yeah, yeah. That branded. I want to brand my community as something else because because we all had the ability to have a success story. Oh yeah. But you know the thing about being a black boy from any inner city or any community or any neighborhood area, no matter how affluent it is or how or impoverished it is. Right. If you make it, you become the pride of that area. Right. You know. And I just wanted to brand my area in a different way. I don't. I didn't want to be a drug dealer. I didn't want to be a gangster. I didn't want to be a real nigga. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to be a professor. I wanted to be a designer. I wanted mm-hmm. to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I wanted to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to change the narrative. That's still my driving motivation, bro. Right. Like, we got to change the narrative because right. we're born in a language. Right. You know, language exists everywhere around us. Right. Like, you know, wherever it's laws or whatever it may be, or wherever it's stereotypes, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to try to write your story for, for you. you. And it might be, it might come from your parents, it might come from your enemies, it might come from your friends. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to take authority over your own life and be willing to write your own story and be willing for and be willing to accept the criticism of your narration. Mm, nah, that's real. Because, uh, and we was talking about this earlier, man. I just felt like. Uh, it was important, like, because when I was watching that Khalif Browder joint last <laughs> night, uh, great, great documentary, man. So we still got five. Yeah, we got five parts to go. But it reminded me about uh, why we started BMA, bro. Like, I promise you it did. And it didn't even start with the whole uh, when he got arrested thing. It started to me when, uh, and you guys got to check that out. It's called Time to Khalif Browder Story on Spike. But, um when his teacher from high school was talking to him and he said or she said that he would come to school every day she he only showed up to like history class because uh he liked the attention he was getting it wasn't even necessarily about the work or anything like that because he felt there was something he wasn't really getting at home you know he was searching for that family and i feel like that's what a lot of us you know black men black women too get caught up in just not having that family structure around us and uh you know that was a part of the reason why we started that group on campus and um i just wanted to hear what you think about uh the inner city schools because i know i work in those and how you think we can kind of combat that because i know you're working in higher education but just how we can kind of combat that narrative or that situation because there's so many of us just growing up with like just needing that hug or needing that big brother and like for him it came from the block from dudes that was doing stuff they wasn't supposed to so just finding different ways to have resources for these young people yeah, yeah, for sure. When it comes to school, for me, it's um, it's uh, it's conflicting because mm-hmm. I think a part of the problem is that school is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, you telling you telling students, you know, if you're not successful in school, you'll fail at life. Right. And then they walk into these schools and they are receiving curriculums that have nothing to do with the life that they're going to lead as adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know, it might have something to do with the life of somebody else is going to lead. Right. You know what I mean? The curriculum tends to tilt that way. You know, where you'll have like a high school assessment that is delivered to the whole state of Maryland. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be the whole state of Maryland. But you'll... 
but the students who are going to school and live in a community like Akakik, Maryland. Akakik mm-hmm. was known as uh, Akakik when they used to say Prince George's County was mm-hmm. the richest black county in the in the country. Mm-hmm. Most of those people live in Akakik in these million dollar homes, mm-hmm. right? Or, and then you'll have me who moved into Fort Washington mm-hmm. in the tenth grade, who lived right beside the highway. Right. You know, like my we had a small apartment. It was right. five in a two bedroom apartment. We lived right. right beside the highway. Right. And then when we reach and we go and taking a test, and they asking questions. Like dealing with home ownership, mm-hmm. I never owned a home. My mother never owned a home. Right. My grandmother never owned a home. So it's automatically foreign to me, you know. Right. And they telling me if I don't figure this out on my own at sixteen, at fifteen, at fourteen, at thirteen, sometimes younger, mm-hmm. you're gonna fail at life, mm-hmm. you know. Instead of you know, we have to deal. We have to deal with the demons that stand directly in front of these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't deal with these grand. Abundant problems in the community, you right. know, because those things take a lot of planning, they take a lot of strategy, they take a lot of effort and energy, mm-hmm. and a mastermind to kind of really even get to the point of understanding the right, problems right, 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 in right. the black community, you right, know. Right. But like on the individual level, we all face problems on the everyday on an everyday basis, you right. know. I might not can heal the world, but you know, with with help and mentorship and 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 good people around me, I can heal the problems right in front of my face, you know. Right. Like I could solve the problem right here. Right. You know, if we really localize the curriculums and localize, you know, our approach to these students. I think it'll just go a long way, man. I think it will go a very long way as far as just helping people advance and mature at a quicker rate, a faster pace. Right. And I knock and I say that too because I just think a lot of the resources that helped me become successful and even my friends like all my friends ain't go to college like you know what I'm saying but a lot of them they got jobs they got they good fathers like you know what I'm saying they might be working at UPS or whatever it is but they and they they had principles put into them that they knew they wasn't going to do that you know what I'm saying they wasn't going to go to college but they wasn't going to do the other stuff that was going to get them locked up either so it's like if I got to get this 9 to 5 like that's just what I'm going to have to do yeah and that's another problem though you know like we have to like we think, we think like, well, I don't, I won't say we think, but a lot of people in the, a lot of people born into low income uh, circumstances, you know, socioeconomically mm-hmm. deprived areas, like it's like okay, we either gonna go to school route. Or we're going to go the sports route, or right. we're going to go the drug route. Right. Like no other products exist. Right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like business is all about getting a product for the low and figuring out creative ways to sell it for higher. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's the same thing people do with with, with with drugs. That's the same thing people do with their athletic abilities. Right. You know, until we start realizing that we are our first products. Mm. Like as human beings, I am my Maurice is my first product. Mm. I am selling you Maurice before I sell you anything, anything else. else. Right. You know, if you could buy in the Maurice, nine times out of ten, it don't matter what I'm selling. Right. Because <laughs> I'm gonna support Maurice. Because I'm gonna support Maurice. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. But then on the flip side, you know, the good thing about having a quality product is you can detach yourself from it when need be. Mm. You know, so you might not know the person who made the post-it notes, right. but you can still enjoy them. Right. You know, like we have such a intimate relationship with things 
that we create mm-hmm. because we're so afraid that somebody's going to like steal it from them or we're not going to get the credit we deserve. Right. We think we have to be celebrities to be rich. Right. Like we think everybody has to know our names to be rich. Right. With it. That's not the case, you know. Right. Snapchat went public today. So many of their partners just got a point one point five billion dollars, and right. I promise you, I don't know any of their names. And it's so crazy, like even with that, like I go into high schools. Uh, I've been talking all week, and we've been traveling like the last two months. It's crazy how many kids like they don't know who Zuckerberg is, bro. Like it'd be a trip. I'd be like, yeah, like you know, sometimes you just go to college to get what you need. And then after you receive what you need, you go on and start what you got to start. That's what Zuckerberg did. And they'd be like, who is Zuckerberg? I'm like, oh, yeah, y'all got to look that up. Or even the Oprah's or Puffy. Like, you know what I'm saying? He got what he needed from his business department and then bad boy. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's not about the degree. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's about the training. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's right. about the training. <clears throat> in, a, in a class I had recently, you know, we had a really in-depth conversation about positioning, you mm-hmm. know, and positioning ourselves and then realizing sometimes that other people are helping putting us in a position to achieve better things, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think of paid in full, right? Was it uh, Money Making Mitch or was it um, Alpo? Not Alpo. What was the name of the movie? Rico. Yeah. Where he was like, you know, man, you know, be like, we just just trying to put myself in a position to make better moves, you know. Right, right. But um, we, the conversation went left and it went right. Everybody was giving their input. And then I told them, like, you know, you guys are still very young, mm-hmm. you know. You guys are still um, training for an art that you probably haven't even realized yet, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, the Karate Kid and Mr. Miyagi, mm-hmm. you know. You could be painting the fence every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be waxing the car every day right. and think that, damn, or you could just be going to class every day. Right. And you're like, man, this this is this chore, man. Right. Like, this is a chore. This is a task. This is taking something out of me. But then when someone throws that overhand right or somebody <laughs> and right. you go, uh, and Mr. Miyagi Miyagi goes wax on, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, and innately, you just bang by reaction, bang. You've been waxing cars, you just whack, bang. Right. You block the overhand right uppercut come, right. and he say, and he say, you know, uh, paint the fence. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> he said, this whole time you thought you was uh, staying in fences. This whole time you thought you was waxing cars, right. when in reality you was learning karate. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. So many of us are learning something right now, mm-hmm. and we don't even know what it is mm-hmm. yet you know so like keeping an open mind and being willing to you know try different things Steve Jobs at, uh, at, when he spoke at the graduation at Columbia mm-hmm. he said you know um, my final advice to all of you guys is to live foolishly mm-hmm. you know we gotta live foolishly sometimes we have to you know be the first Indian over the hill that catches right. all of the arrows you right. know right. because nobody else would be willing to do it and right. because nobody else is willing to do it Nobody ever discovers what's on the other side of the hill. Right, 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 right. I don't even look at it as taking a risk, bro. Like, I really don't look at it as taking a risk because as long as you're progressing and moving forward, something is gonna, good is going to come out of it, like you said. It may not even be exactly what you thought it was. Yeah. Something is going to come out from it. And I think that's the thing that we got to start putting into the head. Like, that's what I tell the high school kids all the time. I'm like, just find something you love. Find something you love, hone in on it, but also understand universal knowledge. Like, learn as much as possible. Like, everything's so accessible to us, bro. Like, 
with us, we had to carry around books. Like, <laughs> like we would be walking, like carrying around books. Like if we wanted to read the Malcolm X biography, uh, Black Panther joint, whatever it was, we had to lug those around. I'm like y'all got audio books, you could listen to audio books, you could listen to me, bro. Podcasts, everything. I'm like, there's so much information out here for us to get that. Uh, I think it's just up for us. It's like Jay said, man. It's just new rules, showing people new ways to do old things and new ways to do new things. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it's just dope, man. I think it's dope what you're doing. And uh, you know, I was very excited when I heard you guys went to uh, Harvard for the uh, hip hop. Institute, yeah, man, that was an amazing experience. You know, got to take my class to Harvard University, and um, I forget the young man's name. He look a little bit like J. Cole. He runs everything there. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought everything. you were talking about one of your students as well. Nah, nah. He runs everything there. He just gave us a nice tour, you know, and um, I think my students really, uh, they really accepted the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a big believer that. The same way with the, with the story I was just saying, like, you know, we have all these different experiences and it takes us so long to uncover the value of those experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a, a, a good teacher gives you everything you need right now, knowing that you might not be able to use any of it mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a fact. Like, you know, life, that's real. life has to happen. You know, like somebody can give you the instructions. You ever bought something, you know, it comes in the mail. It comes with the instructions mm-hmm. telling you exactly what to do, mm-hmm. but you just can't get it right. right, right. <laughs> you know, but then after a while you see different things and you say, oh, I had the wheel on backwards or something like that, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what ends up happening. That's the other students that stop me, you know, a semester later, telling me different things, you know, about how they appreciate appreciated the experience, right. you know, seeing the different women of hip hop, mm. for instance, you know, right. and 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 not just in the rapping part, mm-hmm. you know. The woman who influenced, you know, b-boying. Mm-hmm. The women who influenced graffiti. You know, the women who influenced knowledge and right. all these other facets right, that right, we right. embracing right. in the culture. You right. know, like for my female students, that's very important. It's very. I thought that, and I think it's very important for my male students now. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, it's it's just as important for men to know how significant women were in the history of our culture as it is for women to know. You know, because our identity is formed in relation to them, and likewise, whether we want to admit it or admit it or not, you know, when um, God came into the Garden of Eden after the whole apple incident, right? You know, <laughs> you know, they both covered their distinctive parts of their bodies. Right. You know, like Adam covered his penis. You know, Eve covered her breast and vagina. You know, like right. it's a reason why. You know, because at that point we noticed that there is a dif- a difference. You know. And the issue that came about, in my personal opinion, is when, you know, the difference transformed into deference. Mm. You know, when it's not about what what we both uh, what we both have in common, in a sense, and the things that make us distinct. It's about uh, what I have and you don't. Right. And because you don't have this thing, then. <laughs> right. You know, but um, yeah, man, it's, it's all about a paradigm, you know. It's all about just uh, injecting a universal paradigm, an objective paradigm right. into the minds and hearts and souls of students 
for me. That's right. what it's about. What was your favorite part of the uh, exhibit up there at Harvard? My favorite part of the exhibit. Had to be somewhat reasonable doubt. <laughs> nah, that's what you have me thinking about. Cause when you ask me about my role model, you Lord. already know. Like, nah, I already. Yo, I'm gonna tell you mine in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, nah, cause when shorter, that was one of the first things he had us do when we got to college. And of course, I said, uh, you know, my parents. But outside of them, I always looked up. Uh, to Jay-Z I always liked how he carried himself You know what I'm saying In business and music uh, Cause I felt like he ain't never do nothing That was compromising to himself And he was true to the culture always mm-hmm. It was Russell Simmons It was Malcolm X And then uh, You know it was Nas Like those were just four people I just looked up to Because yeah. I felt like They were well balanced And those are the type of people Like just in my life That I end up You know what I'm saying being close with like yourself just got balanced they could step we could talk about anything you know what I'm saying yeah. and wild enough like you know Jay-Z Jay-Z always always used to call Jay-Z my uncle right <laughs> <laughs> and, and it wasn't really about the money cause to me that was like the least important thing mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. that he would address it was like the the mindset that a successful person has to maintain to remain where they are at. Right. Like, because it's one thing to get it; it's another thing to keep it. Yeah, because he came into it with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what the that's what the you know that's what his folklore is. Mm-hmm. You know, he came in a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. That was that's his background. You right. Know? That's what we all know about it. Right. But it's like you know coming into a new world and you've. Found success in your old one. Mm-hmm. What elements from that old world can you bring into that new world mm-hmm. and prove that it wasn't magic when you hit the lottery the first time? Mm-hmm. It was like I got the formula, right? And again, it don't matter the product, whatever right. it's you know, drugs, whatever it's music, whatever it's grills, whatever it's education. You right. know, because believe it or not, education is the biggest product in the country, right? In the world, right. like nothing is being sold. Like education is, you know what I'm saying? that's a fact. So like, and it's always been that way, you right. know. Like it's always been that way in in various cultures. You mm-hmm. know, education was something that was reserved for people for certain types of people. You mm-hmm. know, and um, yeah, just looking at that. But outside of Jay Z, like it wasn't really humans. It would be like cartoons, right? You feel me? Like, <laughs> like nah, bro, I would watch. I would watch Goku. Right, you know yo, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I would watch Goku, bro, and when I tell you, man, like, I would watch Goku in amazement, like, that's how humans are supposed to be. Bro, when like, you lift those hands up, when it, yeah, the, the, the Kameha man. <laughs> like, nah, bro, I never I said, yo, like, He's literally gathering the positive vibe. Like at first, it that was, was a Harambe. Yeah, right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> clever now, right? It was a Harambe. And it was, what was amazing about that whole situation? I don't even know how we got here, but it was amazing about that whole situation is when he first asked for people for the energy to expel the evil that had entered the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave it to him. Mm. Like, like everybody mm. said, nah. No Right Who Who is this person Right <laughs> You know what I mean Right But after a while Like you know You saw people like 
you know, let go of their uh, inhibitions mm-hmm. and, and give themselves up mm-hmm. to a better cause, right. you know, to a greater good. Right. And I think humans got the capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. But we have to eliminate what we know because what we none of us know enough mm-hmm. to solve to cure the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not that's right. The only way we're gonna do it is through dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's through dialogue and discourse. It's with sharing information. It's with sharing why something won't work for you, mm-hmm. you know. Cause then everybody who is a like who's like you, you know, now they are being considered mm-hmm. by your grievance. You know, that's what America is about. Right. You got the America is about, okay, we're gonna tell you everybody job and then we're gonna throw the and then the next the next the rest of it is right. about amendments. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Amendment is nothing but a grievance. Right. You know the problem with uh, the problem that I think uh particularly black people face in America and other communities, other minority communities in America is our grievances were never um our grievances were never proposed by us. Mm. You know, it wasn't us in Congress advocating for the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. That's a fact. It was radical Republicans. Right. You know what I mean? It was those guys doing the, doing that part of it, you right. know? And the thing about laws is, like, rhetoric always comes first. Mm-hmm. Language always comes first. It's language, and then it's action. Mm-hmm. Action without language is rebellion. You right. get what I'm saying? So before someone can act a certain type of way, they need a law to justify that action. You're either enforcing a law, you're rebelling against it. Mm. You know, you're upholding it in a sense, or you're ignoring it. Right. You know, it's just not it's not uh, applicable to you. Right. So you know, when I'm when I when I would speak at like you know juvenile detention centers, mm-hmm. or I speak in the in the city, I I would tell people like. You know, y'all so smart. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And don't worry about the products that you know are illegal. Mm-hmm. Think about the products that should be illegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. Like, they haven't even discovered the language for this yet. You right. know what I mean? Like That's a fact. There's so many products that have similar properties to the drugs that people use every day. Right. But other people are capitalizing on them 100%. Right. right? right. We talk about Jay-Z. We say, back where crack was, what these pills are, I was a real star. Right. Right. Like, it's always changing. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's always changing. It's right. always changing. But it's okay for the pharmaceutical companies to make billions of dollars off of this drug with an addicting property. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because there's no language surrounding that drug. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There might be language surrounding that drug now for you. Right. <laughs> but for them, they still allowed that pass. You get what I'm saying? Right. That's so, a fact. So what other products exist? And it's not just about drugs. It's about whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Products that people... People are addicted to. Right. It's a lot of addictions. We're addicted to socks. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? All sorts of. Because you know when you were just saying that, it, it popped up to me, bro. Because I was watching the. Uh, I wasn't even watching it recently, but it, the thought just popped in my head. Like the addictions are never what you believe they are. Like Napster, free music. Like it's like you said, it was no. There was no rhetoric for it, so they didn't have anything for it. So when Napster came out, it blew up. You know what I'm saying? And they was like, oh, wait a minute. We're giving away too much. It's too much free crack, right? It's <laughs> too much free crack. And, 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 and So we got to regulate it. Yeah, and the thing about laws is that, you know, 
And and I ain't gonna lie, I su- I support all hustlers. I don't care what you sell. Right. You know, and it, it to me, but if you're gonna sell drugs or you're gonna sell something illegal, read the laws about it. Because mm-hmm. you probably can still do it. Right. <laughs> you just gotta know the laws. Because right. it's not about it's not about the product. It's about the practice of the product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you'll go, you'll go. Like I can't I can't tell you how many people did something stupid. Then they go to their lawyer, mm-hmm. and their lawyer tells them exactly how they should have did it, mm-hmm. so that it, right. it won't happen the next time. That's you know what I'm saying? Like everything has a procedure to it. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing nothing is banned. Everything just um, has a process. Mm-hmm. You know, and we got to learn the process of things of how to achieve certain things. You know, we have to be familiar with you know the path right. to to our ends. You know, and right. not necessarily the means right you know the means are going to be the means but it's important to locate a path you know or to at least walk the beaten path you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying that's a fact i i just think it's so important and it's so much to learn i i, I value i value i value you know i value the victims of the war on drugs because i feel like they had something to teach the black community you got to think in the 19, what was that, 70s, right? Mm-hmm. In the 1970s, going into the 80s, might be starting in the 60s, right? Over right. that 20-year span, we're dealing with humans, you know, we're dealing with communities of people who have only been free for about 100 years, mm-hmm. you know, openly free. Like, I don't, and when I say free, I mean free without documentation. Right. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> like, I don't need a piece of paper to say I'm free, right? All I'm right. free, right? So think about that. And then think on the flip side about business, right? And anybody who's ever owned a business or anybody who's ever been a part of a family business mm-hmm. and this idea of, you know, I'm starting something, my kids are going to take it over, their kids are going to take it over, mm-hmm. their kids are going to take it over, and it's going to be something lasting for us, right? right? Like, that can't, it couldn't have been older than 100 years for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, right even to this day, like, you, it's hard to find a lot of things owned by black people found before 1865. Mm-hmm. But like you got all of these other brands that exist already, you know, wherever it's me in the jewelry industry dealing with different Jewish communities or dealing with different Russian communities mm-hmm. or dealing with different Islam communities and seeing all of the foreign cars in the garage on Diamond District and then learning that, you know, his father did this. His father, their father did that. Their father did that. This father did that. And guess what? The last thing they ever think about school. Right. <laughs> no, that's real. I was just listening to the uh, to the podcast. I was telling you about uh, the Forbes under thirty, mm-hmm. and I forgot the uh, the dude's name. But uh, I think he ended up going to Liberty University. He said he only went for like a year. Same kind of situation. Uh, got exactly what he needed and he was like man fuck that I'm just about to start doing uh, documentaries and then from there I'm going to go over into the tech world and he ended up starting this uh, dope thing you should look at it too it's called uh, Nation Builder <clears throat> but it's basically uh, it's basically an app or a site that lets you combine all of your social networks into one platform so it's basically like a one stop shop so and he made millions off of that like in his first year but you know what i'm saying like that's exactly what we talking about is just 
even like what you said with the hustlers, just making sure you always plotting on the next move. Yeah, plotting on the next That's move. That's it. But we got to sell, sell time to black people around the world. Tell them. Stop <laughs> being so hard on, on us, man. Like, mm-hmm. Stop being so hard on yourselves. Stop saying, like, you know, uh, you know, you visited my class, right, mm-hmm. on uh, Monday, right. Tuesday. You know, you visited my class and uh, we had a special presentation. Somebody came in and uh, was talking about HIV and AIDS and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she posed a question to my students. And it's about 30 students in the the, the room, right? Theater style classroom. And uh, she she said, first she says a fact. She said something to the effect of um, African-Americans are... Uh, make up most of the people who yeah I remember like that, she right? said yeah it was some statistic that basically said that black people are less, are more black people are getting these STDs and, and anybody other minorities else. than right. everybody else and then she asks you know the class you know why is that and the first thing I heard is we don't go to the doctor. We don't use condoms. We don't do this. We don't do that. Or even after the Oscars when um. When Denzel got snubbed or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, I had a friend he posted, you know, I can't wait for the day where black people start to value their own awards, just like they mm-hmm. value these people awards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like the Grammys has existed for 75 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, 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 like it's give it, give give it time. Right. Like you know, mm-hmm. it might be a dude. It might be a group of people. It might be a young lady. Mm-hmm. All black people who are, you know, in their second, third, or fourth year of their award ceremony. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Give them their 75 years to gain that prestige the same way that, you right. know, those people gave the academy. Right. Like, That's real. You know, like, like I said, this thing is generational, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of us are in the first generation of changing the world. Mm-hmm. You know, change isn't something that's going to happen in our, that might it's not something that happens it's not something that you should expect to happen before your eyes right you that's know true. what I mean like uh, we, I talked to you about Minister Farrakhan earlier you know mm-hmm. and he talked about you know the the wilderness and you know uh, people supposed to go back to the promised land that was being occupied by giants and nobody wanted to go and face the giants to take their land back mm-hmm. and he talked about how uh you know, the, the God talked to him and said, well, go off and die in the wilderness mm-hmm. and your children, I will, I will take your children and take them to the promised land. Right. You get what I'm saying? It's a generational thing. Like, it's a generational thing. We just have to work towards it. Like, don't be so hard on the black community and don't be so hard on black leadership. Right. Because a lot of the people who are really shaking and moving in society right now, just because you don't know their name don't mean they don't exist. You right. Know? Like, That's a fact. Like, you could talk about, you know, why I got to go and listen to, you know, uh, Breakfast Club on Power 105.7 or why do I got to go and listen to Hot 9.7? Mm-hmm. Sway in the morning. Sway in the morning. Mm-hmm. All these different companies that might be owned by iHeartRadio mm-hmm. or somebody like that, right? right? Like, why do I got to go listen to them? Like, when are we going to get our own radio station? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, okay, like Power 105, has has existed for you know hot nine seven has existed for a while now you right. know what I mean give other people give the Amir Hassan Waltons and the and the projects that they're doing time to, to get there right. to grow because it's a step by step process you right. know what I mean and it's about supporting those brands 
in the in a sense uh, in supporting those brands, understanding that you know Rich Grills might not be uh, Shine Jewelers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not yet. Not yet. Right. But give us time. You right. know what I mean? Like we might not be at Aviane, mm-hmm. but give us time. You know those things are generational. You know those boys adopted those things. You right. Know? It's my goal that my child would adopt right. some of the institutions and some of the you know the foundations that I've built. Right. You know and. Cause it, I mean, it's like you said, like with us, we really, we invested in ourselves and we really getting out the mud. Like everybody talks about, uh, you know, these other folks and why we're not doing things like you said, but it's like Trump said, like, I got a, a million dollar, a small, he said a small million dollar investment from my dad. And, uh, then I was able to start my business. Like a lot of us don't have that. Well, <laughs> We could get a small million dollar investment and then use it. Cause come on, bro. If you gave us a million dollars right now, we bro, turn that into something. Dollars, right? Like if somebody give us a million dollars. I mean, that's that, that's not even you know that's another conversation. But right. <laughs> but like yeah, that, exactly that. You get what I'm exactly that. Exactly that. You know we we but it, but at the same time like this the things that we're building. They not going nowhere. Right. We talked about 2008, you know, when we met, you know, we met, we met one day and we created an organization the next day. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, just straight like that. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I met you one day over the summer. Right. The next summer, we made an organization. We graduated four years later, nine years later. Still. Nine years later, that organization still exists. Right. Nobody gave us any money to start that. Right. Did it cost money? It did. Did we go get it? Right. We did. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But at the same time, like, get those things time to build. Like, get those things time to mature. Get those things. Because things, these things that we create, Develop lives of their own, mm. you know, and you have to allow them to grow up, you right. know, like a baby, you know, like, and you're the father, you right. know what I'm saying, or you're the mother, like, right. you have to raise that child, and one day, and some, and and they're not like humans, you know, they grow at different speeds at different paces, you right. know what I mean. Sometimes it takes a company a couple of months to mature into a fully grown, you know, like entity, right. but others take the 18 years, you right. know what I mean, or the 16 years or the 15 years, whatever it is, it's about just remaining persistent and applying constant pressure. Like a client, constant pressure. Right. Because the last thing you want people to do is forget you're here. Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to forget I'm here. Like, right. I ain't got enough press. <laughs> right. Hell no. Hey, so I'm just going to detour right quick. Yo, it's future uh, top five Atlanta rappers, bro. I put them in my top five ATL rappers all, all time. time. <laughs> I, put them, I had, real quick, I'm talking about this, bro, because I really enjoyed them last two albums he just dropped these last two weeks. I heard it's the third one coming. So I had T.I., Jeezy, Ludacris, Three Stacks. And I had Big Boy and Future as 5A and 5B. Go ahead. You can't do it. <laughs> it's my list, man. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You know I ain't one of them people. Nah, bro. <laughs> so wait. So who your top five Atlanta? Because I heard people. It was people telling me uh, Gucci should have been in there. It was people telling Gucci, me Gucci. Gucci you, not you top can't, five. You can't put Future over Gucci. Why not? Come on, bro. Gucci been Gucci been giving you this. You got Jeezy at three. 
No, that's not in no order. Because I, mean, I, I, I said Andre but, but three sacks last year. He ain't you know, 5A, 5B, right? He ain't in that category, 5A, 5B. Who? Jeezy. No, 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 no. Yeah, Jeezy definitely higher up. Come on, like, I don't. You're not saying, but who are you, who you taking, Jeezy or Gucci? I'm taking Jeezy. Right. Right, but like. Gucci done applied a lot more pressure on the world than Jeezy. Come on, bruh. Gucci the king of Atlanta. Bruh. Bruh. Uh, I ain't with that. I ain't. <laughs> Listen, G, I mean, you, I, love, I got love for Gucci, though. Future I dope. do. Future dope. Like, it ain't nothing against but, bruh, Future. Go Gucci crazy. Atlanta. Atlanta's probably like, it's 50, it's 50 states in the country. Right. Maybe more. Is it more? It's 52 52 right mm-hmm. I don't count the other ones for right. Right. Alaska and uh, Hawaii and Yeah that. yeah yeah the Provinces right. Shout out to the Hawaii and Alaska listeners though Yeah shout out to y'all <laughs> right. But like When you talk about rap You know it's New York It's LA LA and the Bay You know we could throw them You know what I'm saying Tupac from the Bay So yeah You know what I mean So And then you got Atlanta Definitely. Atlanta might have had the longest run out of everybody, though. Low-key. Hell yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like consistently having someone in the mainstream, like, light. Well, New York had the longest. <sighs> New York, but got, you remember, 50, New York but you, got 50-year-olds making hits right now. Yeah, I know. But I'm talking about, like, in terms of, like, generation to generation, though. Like, because it was a spout, like, right after 50, kind of, where it was like. No, because of 50. Yeah, he had something to do with that too. But it was like, yo, like who coming after that? Because at that time when Fifty had came, it was like we were just listening to people from Fifty and before, yeah. and it wasn't nobody really after that that we started right, listening right, to right. until like, shit, I don't even who maybe not uh, French or uh, ASAP like that ASAP. really. Because you talk, that's a long time, bro. No, you're right, you're right. But at the same time. Back to future. <laughs> no, I can't, bro. He just can't. He ain't. He, you you can like the album. You can like the album. I like the album too. You know what I mean? Like the it's just the rate at which he putting shit out, bro. Gucci. I know, but I'm just saying. You, come on, bro. Like, don't get. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even gonna argue with you. If you say Gucci, like, I'm not mad at that. Hey, like, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. Seniority, like, yeah. respect, seniority. I'm not mad at that. I'm definitely not future, mad at that because I got love for Gucci. I, I, got, I got a lot of love for Future. Like, but top five, top five is sacred. You know, that's like, bro. And I really feel like we forgetting somebody. I mean, you know, you still got the Killer Mics. You still got the uh, who else? We ain't say. Two chains, like two chains. He, he two chains is underrated, bro. Yeah. Two chains is definitely underrated. Like I mean, cause he to me he kind of uh, it was a resurgence of his career with these last couple of joints he didn't put out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like but, the two chains. And chains then the like top five, you know, you know the top five conversations, like they just so complex. I'm not mad. What yeah. you mean by top five? Like everybody's like, different. To me, when I think of top five, I think of basketball automatically. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. this is my five that I'm carrying with me. Right. And no matter I'm going to match my five against anybody else's five. Right. And we're going to go at it. You right. know what I mean? Like, right, right. I don't know. I don't know. So who your top five in hip-hop, period? Like, ever? Ever? Ever. Um, I go with Hove. Mine's in order. 
is so cold, bro. I, I went back and started listening to It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Bro, when I hear when I hear Top Fives without DMX's name, bro, I get furious. You know what I'm saying? Like, DMX gets so much disrespect and so much... <laughs> bro, play niggas then started something on your way to the, on your way to the award ceremony today. <laughs> play that track. Bro, when I tell you, yo, that, oh, bro, that song is so crazy, bro. Respect me like Pesci And if rock What what he saying If rap was hockey I'd be Gretzky Oh y'all niggas Then started something (laughs) Trying to act invincible Like you God or something Yeah Nah Nah bro I'm 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 not mad at that I'm real big So wait Was that five You said You said uh, Jay, Nas, Rakim DMX And JD Kiss JD Kiss All of them probably In my top ten If I had to go top five though no order for mine, no, bro. No order? Come on, bro. For the name on it. <laughs> we go at Nas, J, Biggie, Ice Cube. <sighs> My fifth. Choose wisely. My fifth, bro. I'm gonna say Scarface. I'm gonna go with Scarface for face. the fifth spot. I like Face. See, for me, that fifth spot be hard. I though. like I like Big, right? Biggie is dope. Like, it's no doubt, right? But like, I remember you when, told me this before. When too. I think about Biggie and Jay, right? Right. I look at Hov as Jordan, right? I think of Hov as Jordan in the rap game, right? And I look at Biggie as Lin Bias, like, you know, damn, he ain't even get to the NBA. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he got a jersey right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying But nah like cause you, Nah I feel you That makes sense though That makes sense know, like, and, and then for real when Just continuing with that analogy And not getting to the NBA You know rapping 96 Ain't rap Ain't rap now mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what I'm saying Yeah Rapping 96 wasn't rapping 2000 You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying They did Like Like Biggie and Biggie <laughs> and, and, and Park and others They were kind of like the moderns, the, the they were the martyrs of the drug era mm, that yeah. allowed rappers today to move how they move. Right. You know what I mean? Like just thinking about the formulation of hip hop police and all of them other types of right. institutions and stuff like that. Like I got bad love for Biggie, but like you know, Jay gave me eleven number one albums. You know what I mean? Nas been doing this thing for twenty years. You definitely got to put the longevity factor into longevity. You, know you definitely got to do that. You me. You and people don't like to hear that, but it's true. Like it, it has to be true. Like you got to throw that in there. Yeah, for real, Biggie. You know what I mean like it or not, Biggie didn't make it past the rookie season. All right. Right, yeah. I mean, it was all due respect to the Wallace family, but they just didn't make it to that rookie season. Now that's a problem that Tupac don't have, right? right? Because Tupac had such so much, yeah. Right, but at the same time, it's like uh, Tupac boss, right? I know, and then folks be getting mad. "Mm, Even what's called, but I'd be like, bro, like honestly, 
I, I don't feel like Tupac has a classic album, bro. Not one. Like no, I do. I think he got an amazing catalog amazing. of like songs. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like individual. He got some of the best individual records of all time. And Tupac is one of the only few rappers who reading his lyrics is as enjoyable as listening to his lyrics. He could have been an author. Yeah, he could have been an author for sure, definitely. But like. Just seeing the, the, just you know, the craft, the bars. Yeah. Nah, you wouldn't. Like you know, you're not really getting too many like flow switch ups. Right. You ain't seen yeah, that, it. was it was a feeling with him that he gave folks. Yeah. It was a feeling, and we felt connected. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because you know and that that was, was that was always what it was with him though. Yeah. It was just that and, connection, and he folks. Was with Jay and like you know, me personally feeling towards Jay Z. I talk about Jay Z all day. Like you know, the biggest knock on him was that he was a biter, right? right. Like, he been from so many different types of people. Right. Like if I saw a dude. You know, in the NBA, and one day he playing like LeBron. The next game he playing like Kobe. Right. The next game he playing like Iverson. Right. And the next game he playing like Magic Johnson. Right. And <laughs> they won the championship every year. Right. Right. <laughs> like no matter what style he chose. Right. You know what I mean? Like that master of all flows. It's a title that we don't give anybody no more. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't really, I don't really see nobody who deserve that title right now. Like just being a master of all flows, not even the Kendricks and the and the J Coles. Right, I agree. You know, but like that's just like kind of a lost art. Now, who's your? I got a question for you. Who's your top five right now? Like you talking about like young boys or like just folks like that's relevant about album like, every year. I'm talking about I think that's the best way To judge artists If you release an album Every year You belong in this conversation If you release an album When you have free time You know what I'm saying You do it for a hobby Drake You, you got a problem with that <laughs> like, hey, He was like nah, You know I kind of, I ain't gonna lie I, wrote, I, was, I, was, I was rooting for Meek Mill got love for me like it, yo y'all can say like honestly it's it's always about music with me bro like I, I honestly got love for me and i think i think he's a dope artist i think it's all about music for me but like i don't know rap is a culture you know what i'm saying rap ain't just music like i feel it and and the 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 and and dissing is not music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like dissing to me isn't necessarily music, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and, and I thought Drake was masterful in how he like approached that whole situation. Oh yeah, because like you know, clearly, like he was masterful in how he approached the situation. But you know what it was though, bro. It's kind of like it was like Viacom going up against like. A local mom and pop because, And I say that No I'm saying that In terms of like A machine he got behind him yeah. Cause you know Drake Like with him It's not just gonna be music Like where we could just Get into it with certain rappers Because we coming From the same situation Drake got Apple behind him And the mayors Of this and that Like so it was just A different you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was just a different machine behind him than it was. Like so, if Meek might have would have had the same type of machine behind him, yeah. and I think a little bit better strategy with how he went about the whole thing, I think it would have been. It could have been a different Drake, turnout. Drake take over to Meek. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of, you know, Ether was by far the 
the best like diss song in that J right. and Nas back and forth. Right. But Takeover was performed on MTV Unplugged Live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Takeover was on the album where I think either had a little time mm-hmm. before the album came out. I'm not, I'm not all the way sure. Yeah, because I think Jay's came out in September and Nas joint came out like in December. Yeah, so like, like but like at the same time, let me just, let's just get to this back to back thing. <laughs> you was loving that though. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Because to me it's like if I, if I don't I mean I don't know Meek Mill personally but like right. if I was Meek Mill I'm not really offended by anything that Drake said on back to back nah he didn't he, you know and he just had an interview recently who which one Drake oh yeah I heard that John you know and you know it was cool but like you know <laughs> what hurt my feelings in that you know it wasn't like. Jay Z left the condom on your baby seat, or you know, like, <laughs> right? Like it wasn't nothing like that. We can't be friends after, you know what I mean? You know right. how like people, two people fight in and they agree not to hit each other in the face beforehand. <laughs> so just hit me in the stomach, bro. Just hit me in the stomach, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All body shots. All body shots, right? All body shots, right? Right. Like, I was like, all right, it's not a world tour. This your girl tour, okay. Yeah. We're still around traveling the world. <laughs> but you know what the the part that 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 hit about it, it was just it was just a good song. Like you know what I'm saying? It was that's a what, great song. Yeah, that's just what it was. It, it was, was like it came down to what had more replay all value out of it. All of that yeah, he killed me. Nah, it he wasn't it wasn't nothing on either side that I thought was like these even when it started, I was like, it ain't really nothing Whoa. they could do that's Meek. gonna be Meek was throwing Meek threw blows, but I just I, I thought Meek threw the bigger blows. Like just whoa, whoa, like, with the ghost writing? Not with the ghost writing. That was light, but Drake getting peed on in the movie theater. Like <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think some of the stuff just got a whole I think the stuff that holds more weight, bro, just be the stuff that we can immediately like connect to. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Cause, Cause the song was trash. Yeah, that, and that's what it was. You know what I'm saying? If the song like as far as blows, All right. like that's what everybody said though. It wasn't. It ain't even always the the stuff that that Meek has said. It was it the was delivery of it. It was the beat, and that's why I said like, I don't know. I think it's just that generation, bro, where we come from, where it's like they feel like everything got to be an immediate response. Like, no, bro. It's like plan out what you gotta do and make sure it has an impact. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it has a lasting impact. Like, and that's what that's what's gonna be the telling story at the end of anything. Yeah. Is which one is gonna stand the test of time. Which one we gonna play ten years from now. And you know what's so crazy about that? That's just just staring away from hip hop a little bit. Mm. That's life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause you see so many people moving, you know, you see how many so many people acting, you see so many people doing so many different things, you know. But like before you move or before you before you act, like, did you really think about the impact that this action is gonna bring upon you? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. Like what's gonna be what's gonna be the end? Like mm-hmm. what is the end to right. this thing that we're doing? Like, you know right. what I mean? Like if it, and it's cool to do things without knowing, you right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like a vision never hurts. Right. Right. Yeah, nah, that's real. Cause I think uh, that's one thing we all got to get back into more. I think is like it's just a, a torn up generation, bro. And I think it's it starts at the house. Sometimes it's just like your big homie shouldn't necessarily be 
a year or two older than you, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I always prided myself in having people that was like, I got to have someone that's 10 years older than me or five years older. Like, we can't be in high school at the same time. Like, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. type of thing. Even just when you're so, older. Yeah, just so we can, I can be able to ask you about situations that I may not have and could not have been a part of yet. Like, yeah. something that you may only have that I just can't just because of my age. Just because of your age. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, uh, hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. Say, um, say, say you and I, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Say you and I, or let's use a future example, right? Mm-hmm. Say, um, I remember Y2K, right? Right, right, right. You know, say a situation like that comes along and all of the electronics and all everything digital just disappears. Right. right? Can't use it. Can't use it, right? And, you know, all of your people that you seek advice from are a couple of years older than you, right? Mm -hmm. It's like 2030, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 2030. Y2, 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 whatever you might call it, right? right. It comes down. And all right, and now uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a sophomore in college. I'm a junior in college. I'm a senior in college. Mm-hmm. I'm a grad student. It don't even matter. Right. And I gotta write a research paper. Right. Yeah. So um, I can't go to the catalog to search it. You know what I mean? I can't go to the. Uh, That's real. Google search it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't. Right. I can't go through my phone and and look up anything. And I have to go into a library and find something, mm. find a book. Alphabetical order. <laughs> Alphabetical order. <laughs> you know how those books are. You know, like anybody who ever been in the library, you know how like complicated finding a book can be. That shit be is like sometimes. a maze sometimes. You know it's a maze, especially the really good ones. The better the library, the more harder it is to find. Don't let them put it in the wrong spot either. Oh, you're never going to get it, right? <laughs> So, like, just thinking about that, it's like, who do you go to? Mm-hmm. You know, I got a poker game. I got one tonight, and mm-hmm. um, it's with a whole bunch of older, older gentlemen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, all of them were in like World War Two and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I just learned so much from them. Right. Just, just, just like the labor of certain things that they had to do that I don't have to. I'll never experience mm-hmm. because of technology. Mm-hmm. Technological advancements, you right. know what I mean? Like, I'll never, I'll probably never know what it's like to have to use like a rotary phone, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or Real. I'll never know what it's like to have to. Take a message by hand. Mm, <laughs> facts. No, you know that's real. Like, that's real. And, and, and even if I do it just off of common sense, I don't know the art of it. You know what mm. I mean? Like sooner or later, they're gonna have they're gonna have machines that tie your shoes for you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Real air mags. And, and, <laughs> and once and once the grandmothers and grandfathers who used to tie their shoes back in the day die, mm-hmm. then it's going to be really hard to find somebody who right. can teach them how to tie shoes. Right. Like these are very simple and very like you know out there examples, but it's real. You know, like because it's a lot of it's a lot of kids who don't know how to do. Right. Things that were part of our life. Right. That they just, it was natural. You had to know how to do it. You had to know how to do it. Right. You had to know how to do it. Like, and now with the whole world turning digital, it's like my my, my little cousin 
drops 50 on NBA 2K with Steph Curry. He knows all of the dribble moves. He got the in and out. Mm-hmm. He like, nah, you got to finish with the left if you're coming over here because you use your right side of the body to shield the defender. Right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, no, you got to switch hands. You got to shield the you got to shield the defender with your body. Right. You know what I mean? Use the backboard. Right. You know what I'm saying? You right. take him out onto the real court. Right. <laughs> to show him. Like no, for he can show me like, right. yo, hey, what's that move you was talking about? Right, you said I switch hands. Right, you know what I mean? Do a little in and out, bang, 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 little hesitation move. Right, <laughs> sham real quick. Right, right, right. And I'm like, yo, show it to me. I throw him the ball and he hit him in his nose. <laughs> like, what you doing out here? Right, <laughs> like, right. That's 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 real. That's super real. That's what scared me more than anything in this world. <laughs> That like we just gonna have a whole bunch of people with no street smarts, all digital marts, all digital mart, what's this? <laughs> all digital smarts, digi digi smarts, digi smarts, darts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's the biggest fear I got for this world, bro. Like, yeah, like you know, uh, I actually just last until, but uh, I was reading an article. Uh, you know, we out there in uh, uh, California, but all basically all the technology folks out there. They send their kids to one school in Silicon Valley where they use no electronics during the day, bro. And these is the these are the people like that Apple at Google at every they send them to spots like the young children. You know what I'm saying? Just so they get those skills that we talking about, like writing. You know, that's something people don't know how to do, whoa, bro. Whoa. <laughs> oh my God. If y'all penmanship, we had to bro, it's gone. Up. Pen, penmanship is gone, bro. But um, let me tell you something that's really gone though, because cursive might be booming. It's it's some people who can't print, like they gotta write everything in cursive. Like I see wild things in my classes, bro. And I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with eighteen year olds, nineteen right. year olds, twenty year olds, twenty one year olds, twenty two year olds, sometimes older. Right, bro. They're like, where the keypad at? When you, uh, I'm like, you know, when you writing something down, ain't no squiggly line gonna come under it. You know, you gotta get a, you know, you gotta go get your dictionary. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, what, you know, cause someone look up the definition. I don't have no service. Right. <laughs> you ain't got no what? You ain't got no service. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yo, so we, we I, I'm gonna just have to bring you back because we this this is a longer conversation. I know we gotta go, we gotta but uh, before we go, give me something that you just want to tell to the young uh, entrepreneurs out there. Anybody think about getting into anything, like whether it's grills, whether it's tech, just about you know kids who thinking about getting into that entrepreneurship. Um, the thing that I would, the, the wisdom I would leave on them is something that I live by. You know, you're going to see a lot of people doing the exact same things that you want to do, you mm. know, and and you're going to get into it and you don't want them to be your ceiling. You mm. know, like you don't want to strive for equality. You want to strive for excellence. You know, you want to be the best that you can be, you know, because, again, it, you're writing your own story. You know, who you include, who you leave out, what you do, what you decide not to do, how you live, how you treat people. All these things are decisions that you're going to make while you're writing your history. Mm. And and just make sure that, you know, you're presenting yourself in the best light. Mm. 
Because people don't know what's going on in your head. So we find ourselves translating things all the time. Translating my thoughts. Translating my vision. Translating my ambition. But it's not about if people can comprehend what you're saying. Right? It's about if people can see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just one foot in front of the other. Don't stop moving. Don't stop losing. Because there's nothing wrong with failure. Failure is a beautiful thing, mm. especially when you wake up the next day. Because it's so hard to fail the same way twice. Facts. You know, so as long as you're failing, you're living. Mm. And as long as you're winning, you're blessed. Mm. <laughs> so it's all a win-win situation, you know. So, um, yeah, that's what I want to leave. I say uh, amen to that, my brother. Hey, and, <laughs> And we're going to bring you back real soon. Until the next time, peace. Peace out.